Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. My conscious co-creators, welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got another fascinating show in store for you today, a very deep conversation with a wonderful gentleman who I will introduce to you in a moment. Uh, I hope you had a chance to catch my show last week. If not, please make sure you go to either talkradio.nyc and you can get uh, uh, many of my back episodes, or if not, you can always find the Conscious Consultant Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all the big uh, uh, podcasting platforms. So uh, I hope you will uh, take a look, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Don't keep us a secret. Awesome. So let's get started with today's uh, show. First, of course, we have a little section from my book, uh, Everyday Awakening. And uh, today's section, just following an order, is, says, uh, is entitled, Being Triggered is Always About Us. When we allow others to be who they are without having to change them or get them to believe what we believe, we actually give ourselves more freedom to be who we are. What calls us to change, what calls to us to change in others is merely a reflection of what we desire to change within ourselves. It might not seem directly applicable, yet in some way, the very things that annoy and irk us about someone else, things that cause us to cringe when we think about this other person, are the very same things hidden in the dark corners of our own psyche that we feel are untenable. We usually think it's all about the other person when we react badly to someone. It's not. It's actually always about us. If we didn't have an irritating thorn in our side that causes us pain when someone else reflects it back to us, then those traits would not annoy us at all. It is only because those characteristics hit home and ring true within us that we have a reaction at all. No, it's not about them. Yes, it is always about us. Maybe not directly, maybe not in the same way or about the same thing, yet it is there, somehow, lurking in the recesses of our mind. Now that you know that, don't you feel a bit more compassion for others? So uh, this little 
uh, section from my book. It's one that um, I kind of, and this is something I know a lot of people have talked about, and it's something that has been around in the conversation for many years. I, I actually think this this particular essay I wrote many, many years ago. And I remember first hearing about it. It just kind of had that ring of truth to me, this idea that sort of other people are merely reflecting back all kinds of things about ourselves and how we react to those characteristics. It's, it's really about how we feel about ourselves and not about the other person. And, and the way it was explained to me is this is if there wasn't a bit of truth, if it wasn't something about ourselves that bothered us, then it would just be like water rolling off a duck's back. You know, it's kind of the thing, like if someone accused you of being a murderer, would you be upset? Probably not. Why? Because you're not a murderer, because there's no truth to it. So it wouldn't annoy you. It wouldn't bother you. It wouldn't be a problem at all. Um, so if somebody, and, and I'll use this as an example, because I actually had a client where this was a real case, where if you see somebody being cheap with, let's say, uh, uh, they're, they're being uh, uh, cheap with their friends, you know, they gave a cheap gift, and it like really bothered you. It's like, how could you give something like that to a good friend of yours? And, and I remember I had this client, and it really bothered them. There was someone in their family who, who uh, they felt was always being stingy with their gifts and wasn't generous and all this stuff. And I was like, well, are you, uh, are you stingy in any way? Are you not generous in any way? And they were like, no, 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 of course not. I'm very generous with my friends. I give them expensive gifts. I'm always very conscious. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, how about with your family? Are you generous with your family too? And they stopped for a minute. And, and I don't know why I asked the question. It just kind of came to me. And they paused for a moment. And there was this long silence. And I was like, ah, I got them. And then they said, well, uh, well, maybe not so much. And so what was really irksome to that person, what was really bothering them, was seeing somebody else being stingy. But they didn't see it reflected back to themselves because it wasn't a direct correlation. It wasn't about being stingy with your friends. It was about being stingy with your own family and oftentimes being stingy with ourselves. Sometimes we're very generous with other people, but we're kind of stingy with ourselves. And so when we see others being cheap, it, it does like really annoy us or bother us because it reminds us unconsciously, and I'm talking about on a very unconscious level, it reminds us of what we're not doing for ourselves. So, and this is true of anything. If you see someone um, being difficult about something, if you see someone being opinionated, if there's something about the way someone else is being, and I'm not saying we have to condone it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's not about that at all. But if we're not being compassionate with, with the way the person is acting, because remember, it's only a behavior. It's not about who the person is. It's a behavior. If we're not compassionate with that person's behavior, then we're not being compassionate with ourselves in some way. Because if it wasn't true for us, it wouldn't bother us at all. You know, in, in some ways, and oftentimes, and, and this sometimes drives my wife a little crazy, like I see somebody else being a certain way, being unreasonable in some way. 
And I just find it funny. I just laugh about it. And I believe, and this is purely my own imagination, I just believe that because if I own that aspect in some way, I'm, I've learned to be compassionate with myself. And because I've learned to be compassionate with myself around whatever that topic is, and it doesn't have to be exactly, it could be being the opposite, it could be being it in a different angle, a different respect. But if I'm compassionate with myself, then it doesn't have to bother me. So most of the time, things like that, I just find funny. Does this mean I never get triggered? Absolutely not. I I get triggered, absolutely. Um, I don't get triggered as much as I used to. And I don't get triggered by strangers really that much. If someone triggers me, it's usually someone close to me. Typically, my wife is the one who triggers me the most because she's the closest to me. Um, but I've also learned to not to judge the trigger, to not make it wrong or bad that something is triggering me because I also know like, ooh, like that's where the real juice is. Like that's where there's, there's something to learn about myself. That's where I can dig in. And so by, by not judging the trigger and by not judging people's uh, uh, behavior or not judging the person themselves, but focusing more on like the behavior, it makes life for me much more fun. And it makes things a little bit easier. And I'm able to be more compassionate with other people. So uh, this section called being triggered is always about us. If we can just keep that in the back of our mind, keep it as sort of just something that we, we, maybe we don't know it's true. Maybe it is true. Maybe it isn't true. Actually, I had a wonderful conversation with someone the other day who says he didn't believe in truth. He believed in understanding. Because as our understanding changes, our truth changes. And I just love that. So I'm, I, I got to like think about that and, and ponder on that. Maybe I'll write a blog post about that. But, but if we take this on, that being triggered is about us and not about the other person, then somehow, magically, it helps us to be more compassionate to other people. And once we develop that compassion for other people who really trigger us, that compassion gets reflected back to us as well. So a wonderful little section from my book. I hope it touched upon something. I hope you got something out of it. Um, maybe maybe this, this little section annoyed you. Maybe it triggered you in some way. And if it did, wonderful. Uh, dig into that. Let's see what that means for you. So uh, your homework assignment for this week, if, should you choose to accept it, is to notice from this week to next week, notice where are you getting triggered? What kinds of behaviors and other people are really triggering you? And reflect that back and see how, are, how does that reflect about you? Is there something there about yourself? And let me know next week. You know, keep keep an eye, observe, and let me know next week. And and of course, if you like this section and and you haven't gotten my book yet, my book is filled with a whole bunch, 125 other little sections like this, and you can find my book at everydayawakeningbook.com. So I hope you will take a moment to to check that out. Um, and so now it is my extreme pleasure uh, to welcome to the show Hans Wilhelm. Um, Hans is, a, is an author and a mystic, 
and, and he's an illustrator of over 200 books for all ages, including some books he's done with Byron Katie. Oh, and I love Byron Katie's work. It's wonderful. His books have sold over 40 million copies. Wow. And it's been translated into 30 different languages. As a mystic, Hans has recently created over 100 short YouTube videos in which he explains the spiritual laws of the universe. And I've looked at these. He really touches upon like almost every different kinds of spiritual aspect. In these videos, you can watch him drawing the dynamics of these laws and see how all the dots connect. This unique visual representation has made his videos so successful that they have been watched by over 14 million viewers. Hans, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Sam. It's an honor and a great, great pleasure. I love your introduction. <laughs> Thank not you. About, not about me, but about the triggering law. <laughs> it was just perfect. That's what I made a video about this for anybody who doesn't quite grasp it. Called the law of projection is exactly 100% of what you said. It is absolutely true. I also didn't want to believe it initially that I was the one who was at fault, but uh, there is never any exception to that rule, I found out. Mm. Not even one. Mm, interesting interesting all right the law of projection and and again i wouldn't assign it as say it anyone's fault it's just information it's just something to be aware of yeah. so that as we increase our awareness of this we become more conscious of it and then it, it it we can evolve and we can grow and we can really learn to model the behavior we would like to see more people model in the world right hans Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I, I was going on a little bit too long. It's time for us to take a break. But when we come back, I, I want to start talking to you about how you became so interested in these spiritual laws. What was it in your life? Like, was it something that happened since you were a little kid? Was it something that happened as an adult, some big event that that kind of pushed you in this direction? Or was it always there? And And sort of how that all developed over time? Okay, Hans? Sure. Wonderful. And I see uh, loyal listener Patty checking in on the Facebook Live. Welcome, Patty. Glad you're with us today. Of course, if you have any of your own comments or questions, please post them to the Facebook Live video um, at Inspired Thoughts with Sam on Facebook or the Conscious Consultant or Talk Radio. We're, we're all over the place. Um, so, so thank you for tuning in. We're speaking this hour with Hans Wilhelm. We do this. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook. And we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking with mystic and author Hans Wilhelm. So Hans, uh, obviously uh, uh, from your accent, I think my audience can tell you're you're probably not from the United States. Um, So uh, tell me about like, what was it when you were growing up that that at what point you got interested in all this mystical spiritual stuff and, and, and what was that like for you? Well, as you can hear, yes, I grew up in Germany, in northern Germany, and uh, it was, it's usually at that time when I grew up, it was still pretty rainy and gray. The weather has changed since then, and mm-hmm. I remember that my teenage years were probably the worst years of my life. I, there was no real outside reason. It was all within my head. I think I was, if I ever had a depression, that was when I was depressed or questioning everything and confused or whatever. I really disliked those years, and uh, also a lack of self-confidence and suddenly I found uh, accidentally or there are no accidents I got uh, involved into transcendental meditation uh-huh. and I just tried it for a few weeks and wow what a major change took place I realized suddenly that the problems were not out there they were in me mm. and if I can calm my mind and do things I'm much stronger and I really got such a shift in myself i noticed such a shift that i suddenly became far more confident and positive and so on so when i was 19 years old i asked my parents whether it's okay with them for me to just leave uh, germany and go to africa i want to live in sunshine i didn't know anybody in africa i just took a suitcase and left when i was 19 and lived there ever happy after for 12 years so that really prompted me this major in uh, this understanding that the problems are not out there they're in me and when i was in mm. africa i got involved very uh, shortly uh, with edgar casey america's ah, sleeping prophet yes i attended the um, search for god uh, classes for a long time and then over years i met more and more people and so on over years i studied more and more it, i've had it uh, as a very personal search i didn't speak mm. about it i didn't promote it I went and I dabbled a little bit with the Course in Miracles. And of course, mm. and I met a lot of wonderful people like Edgar, you mentioned uh, Byron Katie, with whom I made mm-hmm. books together. So over time, this has all grown. And I was very, very uh, happy uh, on my own to study this. I was never intending to really go mm. big, getting and coming out with it. Right. But uh, my father died some uh, 15 years ago, and when he died, um, and he didn't believe in life after death, but he uh. was quite happy to accept his fate, and we children were sort of surrounding him during his last few days. 
-hmm. And I told him, I says, look, that I know you don't believe in life after this, but let me tell you, there are a few things which you might you might encounter when it happens. <laughs> so don't be surprised. So I listed sort of ten points what usually happens to most people when they die. And he just uh, smiled and says, all right, that's your idea. And then a few days later, he died. And I totally forgot about it. It was only uh, five, five years later that I ran into a, 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 a psychic and he I never met before. And he came right up to me and says, listen, I just want to tell you, your father just came into the room and wanted, wanted me to go come to you and thank you for what you told him because it helped him so much on the other side. And he says he is working now at the receiving station of uh, souls which have died. And he says mm. he sees so much confusion and so many people, souls don't know what has happened to them. Many are not even aware that they're dead. Mm -hmm. Would I please write books about it and tell more people about what I know? And uh, oh. I gave it some thoughts and I don't. You know, the, the market of uh, spiritual books is <laughs> over flooded and yeah. I'm not doing another book. And at that time, I thought I wanted to reach young people predominantly. And that was when mm -hmm. I had the idea of go making short YouTubes. At that time, the attention span uh, of people was to five to 10 minutes. It has non gone down to one minute and everybody <laughs> is going to TikTok. But yeah. that's how it started on <laughs> wow. YouTube. And what I do, basically, I use my talents as an illustrator and I, I write, uh, I draw these things out. And, and then you mm -hmm. visually see how karma works and how it connects all these points, mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. uh, dots together. It makes total sense. And it helped me to really understand the spiritual laws uh, very much as well, because uh, as Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you probably haven't understood it yourself. Right, so right. I had to become very precise to, about this, and I had great fun doing this, and oh, now they've grown in over 100 oh, videos, and that's basically the basis, and I share this now, and I, there are no advertisements, no commercials, I don't ask for donations, and I do have no desire to convince anybody. I believe in mm. this one. And if it works for anybody, great. And if it doesn't, also great. Everybody has yeah. their own spiritual path and there's no, no need to push any thoughts on anybody. But I'm happy to share if anybody who is interested in seeing how all these spiritual laws visually can be mm. explained very easily and very precisely. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So all <laughs> this started with just starting to meditate. Uh, I, I'm curious, you know, I, I know so many people who do TM I don't um, do it anymore. I'm sorry. I must mention I did it at the beginning. Ah, I, I in switched. the beginning, right. right. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm just very <clears> curious, <throat> like, how do you discovered TM or, or initially, like, was it, uh, you know, a friend invited you, a, a book fell off the shelf? Was it anything kind of odd? Or no, was it, just... it was an article in the newspaper. There was a group <sighs> who was meeting for meditation and somebody had put a stink bomb into their meeting room. And when they came to uh, for their meeting, they burst out laughing instead of being upset, which would be my reaction. <laughs> and I thought, hi, these are the people I want to be part of. And that's when I commented, wow, I said, this is great. I, I want to take adversity the same way as they did. So that was the reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. You see, and like, here's a perfect example of something that could trigger people. Like, oh, my God, how can they put a stink bomb? We're just trying to meditate. Yes. But instead, they yes. laughed at it. Yes. You see? And like that's an example of people who, by doing their own work, as opposed to getting upset at it, yes. they actually saw humor in it. So, like, yes. that's beautiful. And that's what and that and the energy of that is sort of what drew you in. Yeah, it's amazing. And and um, 
And then going to Africa, where in Africa were you? I'm just curious. I was in South Africa. South Africa, Africa, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I have friends from there. Um, so as you started to, to learn all this mystical stuff, I mean, obviously you weren't brought up in this. I'm, I'm assuming you said your dad didn't believe in an in, in afterlife, so probably a very uh, um, atheistic sort of uh, uh, childhood. Was there any resistance? Was there anything when you started to learn like stuff from Edgar Casey and 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 all this stuff with channeling and all these spiritual laws? Was there anything like initial like this is crazy, this is nuts, or was it just like oh that's interesting? I think mostly the interest. I was I, I was soaking it up most of it. Of course, there were things which I could not understand initially. I had mm. to accept that Christ taught reincarnation. I mean, that was something totally yep. new to me. And reincarnation itself was something which I didn't grow up with. And right. so there were certain little barriers, but they were not barriers. They were just only sort of little steps which I had to, to take to right. uh, to enrich my my understanding but there was no real problem of course from past to past sometimes i went with the past for a few years and then i changed and did mm -hmm. something else and uh, that is uh, that is quite natural so i have a very broad background which i'm using for my videos mm -hmm. and i'm not in, linked to any particularly denomination or anything like this right, right. Uh, i'm curious i mean obviously you've been doing this a long time you've been studying and now you're you're teaching what have you seen as being the biggest change within yourself from where you started to where you are now? Because I'm sure like there were changes in the first five years, 10 years, 20 years. But when we have a broader perspective, sometimes we see things that um, aren't so obvious at first look. I think this, this, the, the most important one is that I feel the inner connection to something higher than myself. Mm. And that is something I will always, I always go back to in, in moments of crisis and moments of difficulties that I always know where to lean on to and to find substance, strengths mm. and, and, and uh, energy from and which is sort of my support and that support is within me. Mm. The, the divine spark, the Christ spark, whatever you wish to call it. And uh, that has grown over the time, over times tremendously. So uh, that I know the outer world is really imagination in a way, but it's a necessary imagination for me to grow. But what really matters is within myself. The kingdom of God is within myself. So that mm. is where all the richness is, where everything is. Mm. And I can rely on this. And over the years, I've found it more and more as a most reliable source for my energy and always coming back. The fact that I never feel alone, I think that's very, very mm. important. I mean, the loneliness, you probably, of course, know as well as a counselor, is probably number one problem with most people. Yes, especially uh, since the pandemic started, even more so yeah. than ever before. Yeah, so that's part of it, that once you uh, no longer feel alone ever, then uh, you're already a step ahead of many, many people, and, and, and right. you feel more comfortable in, in moving on in, in life and, and uh, doing right. the things, and, and also knowing why we are here, I think. I, I for mm -hmm. myself, know why I'm here, which also helps. Why are you here? To clear up my... my, my, my <laughs> My my garbage. <laughs> to, <laughs> I was using another way. To uh, yes, to just sort of <clears throat> undo my karma mostly, and to get, reconnect uh, very strongly with divinity within myself. Mm. I mean, all the things, all the challenges which I have in my life are stuff from my old stuff, which I now have to an opportunity to clear up. That's mm. basically it, in and a very short time. And I always like to be clear with words because sometimes the same words can mean different things to different people. When you say karma, what do you mean? What, what does karma mean to you? What's your understanding of karma? 
every time I do act, think, speak, or feel against the law of love, that is recorded and it will come back mm. to me in the same or similar fashion so that I understand I made a mistake. Mm. I am love and my whole purpose is to express love. But in, during life, in my life, I'm often selfish, egoistic, etc., etc., which is against the law of love. There is nobody judging me. It is just the only stuff which I send out myself comes back to me just as a helpful tool so that I recognize mm. how it is if I hurt someone else, how does it feel and now I experience it. So mm. all the stuff coming back to me is the stuff which I have sown, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of cause mm. and effect, coming back to me as, as a teaching tool so to clear this up. And over a lifetime or lifetime, I have accumulated, like most of us, a lot of stuff. Mm. And it's time to clear it up so that we can all become onto a higher vibration and back to the highest uh, home mm. where we once came from all. So quickly before we go to break, you said that anytime you go against the law of love, it's recorded. What about when you do things in alignment with the law of love? It is recorded as well, but that's your natural okay. way of being. It's your natural way of being. It does not somehow come back in a, in a, in a certain fashion to teach you anything because that's what you are. Right. You are love. Right. But where you have transgressed, that will come back and say, ah, oh, that wasn't so good. Let's not do that again or yeah. change yeah, yeah. it. Or most importantly, forgive whatever needs to be forgiven. Yes. And clear up and ask for forgiveness whenever you have done something wrong, which is not very easy for our ego. Yeah. But clear it up, clear up the stuff. That's the reason why I'm here. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I love that idea because I sometimes I feel when people understand karma, they think it's like a punishing thing. Like you did something wrong, so you've got to be punished for it. But I kind of look at it the same way you do, that it's something that's just here to teach us. It's to help us evolve. And that as we evolve and grow in our consciousness, it, it's like we're shedding this old skin that just doesn't serve mm -hmm. us anymore. And the karma is just helping to teach us the lessons we need to shed that skin. Perfect. Yeah, I agree with you. There are no, there's no punishment in the universe. Yes, yes, exactly. All right, we're, time for us to take our next break. When we come back, I want to dive a little bit more into the topic of reincarnation and this, this sort of idea of coming back over and over again, uh, because some people kind of not so sure about it, have a hard time with it, but I'd like to delve into it. I, I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it a lot as well. Um, so, so we'll go there. Okay, Hans? Sure. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And uh, I see also Samantha checking in on the Facebook Live from Guyana. Wonderful, Samantha. Thank you for tuning in today. And we will be right back after these messages. Howdy. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. 
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So Hans, we've been talking a lot, and this is something I've talked a lot about on the show in the past, about this idea of coming back and learning lessons and this, this concept of reincarnation. And, you know, I, 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 it's something that I was sort of exposed to this idea of reincarnation back when I was in high school, never heard of it before. Some upperclassmen explained to me, I thought, well, that makes sense to me sounds like a much more compassionate universe where we get to come back over and over again until we get it right, rather than we get one chance and either we do it right and we go to heaven or we do it wrong and we go to hell. Like that doesn't feel very compassionate to me. Um, So when it comes to reincarnation, uh, and and actually I just also want to mention, I've, I've watched this series on Netflix called Surviving Death. And they had different episodes around different things, mediumship, uh, messages from the dead, ghosts, all these kinds of stuff. But the last episode was about reincarnation. And I found it fascinating that they actually had two cases of, I don't know if you can call it proof or not, of kids who remembered their prior lifetime and remembered specific things that there was no way for them to know that turned out to be true. And, and that they actually were able to meet the family of the people of the prior lifetime, which to me, like, like I've known about it. I know it's a big deal. I know people have documented stuff, but it's the first time that I've actually seen thing that like actual tangible proof almost in a way. And they say that actually the majority of the world's population believes in reincarnation because there are lots of people are Buddhist and Hindu much more so than, than, than Christian and Jewish. Uh, why do people have a hard time believing in, in reincarnation and why is it important for, you know, now it's becoming so much more of a topic and people are talking about it more. Why is it so important for us to understand about reincarnation? Well, I think everything you say is, is I fully agree with that. I think the reason why we're suddenly more interested in it is because people have turning, are turning more and more away from the organized religion. And the organized religion mm-hmm. is the one who suppressed reincarnation, the, particularly the Christian 
religion, not the Jewish one so much, because we have got right. there the, the Shabashnik and so on, the Hasidic and so on, who know about reincarnation. But yes. the Christian church uh, definitely suppressed it on purpose, so that they real that you had this one chance, and you better stick with the church to, to come to God. And so it was a form of control. So when a whole um. society of Christian uh, people grow up without any word of reincarnation ever. It's of course, this is a surprise for many to hear for the first time. But as you say, the majority of people in the world believe in reincarnation. And uh, it's very easy once you understand why reason can, right. as you explained it so clearly for me as well. It says, of course, now everything makes sense why some are rich, why poor, some are sick. And right. suddenly, you just felt the life, there was no God up there who punishes you and whatever and does horrible things to you, a very moody God who just, uh, <laughs> you have to please. God is love. And suddenly God right. equal love makes sense because we are given this wonderful opportunity. I have a video called The Amazing Earth School, where mm. I describe how I see the reincarnation as an opportunity for us to grow our higher back to where we were. We were originally where highly evolved, uh, pure, uh, wonderful spirit beings who through selfishness and egoistic thinking have fallen away from the highest vibration, lower, lower, lower to the lowest vibration, which is now the transformed down light ether, which we call the material world. Mm -hmm. And um, to return back to the spiritual world, uh, we are given the amazing opportunity to come here to planet Earth, which is a very unique uh, planet Earth, because it attracts soul from all different vibrations. Normally in the mm. spiritual world, like attracts like spiritual groups stick together, or the Muslims are together, etc., mm. or the dictators are together, or the murderers are together. That's a like of it. That's how the whole universe works. Like attracts like. Planet mm. Earth is different. Here suddenly from all different kind of consciousness, souls can incarnate for 25,000 days for a very, very short visit. And yeah. in this very, very short period, they can undo their karma. Or, uh, or of uh, experience their karma, whatever the hurt they've done to other may experience themselves through an illness or through, through war, whatever it may be, to feel how it is what I've done to others over many, many lifetimes. We mustn't forget that in the past, Middle Ages and before, it was a cruel world here. You couldn't visit right. one village to another village without being feared you were murdered or killed. So right. it was right. a very different world. And chances are you and I and everybody else has been part of this rather horrific kind of experience world history and um, so now we have the opportunity in a very very short time to expedite it when we have a body which is very wonderful because we don't have a body mm -hmm. in the spiritual world so when we have an illness here in this in the earthly world we can take pills we can take medications and which can buffer our pain we mm. do not have that in the spiritual world. There is not that buffer of our physical body isn't uh. there. So we immediately full have full blast experience of our karma of the soul debts, we can call them. We're experiencing uh, these things in what some people explain, hellish kind of environment in an extreme mm -hmm. There is no eternal damnation. There is no real permanent hell. There are only states of being, which we experience according to where we are. Our own soul mm. has to go through. So for me, this whole thing makes total sense. It's all based on love. Everything in life is here to teach us. Everything is here right. to help us. And we each other bring each other home, as Byron Katie put it so well. So right. whatever I experience here is only a teaching tool. Nothing happens to me. Everything happens for me. Also a famous quote by, right. by Byron Katie. So yes. That's in a nutshell uh, why reincarnation makes total sense, why it was purposely suppressed by the Christian uh, churches. 
And uh, once you understand, once and understand it, everything falls into place and makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing I often say to people is you don't actually have to believe in reincarnation because whatever challenges, traumas, pains, things that you need to undo are going to show up in this life. Mm-hmm. So that all you got to do is focus on what are you experiencing in this life and that the breadcrumbs to what's happened in prior lifetimes will be there. So it's, it's helpful to understand about reincarnation, but you don't, quote unquote, have to believe in it to grow spiritually. Right, definitely not. No, as long as you use those challenges to clear up your, 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 your pain at the moment, which, as I said, forgiveness or, and asking for forgiveness is one of the major steps. So right. if we know somebody we have hurt and so on, even if we are not aware that we may have done it in this lifetime, but sometimes it helps. It could have been the previous lifetime. It helps us to understand why this person gives us so much pain because we probably yeah. have given them pain in the previous lifetime. Yeah. And we forgive ourselves and forgive everyone. Forgive them. Uh, I mean, forgive 70 times 70, Christ said, and so on. It's a very important mm. lesson. The forgiveness is the one we dissolve the karma. We can either yeah. experience or we dissolve it to forgiveness and uh. asking for forgiveness and trying to make amends where we can. So we have got all these wonderful tools available to us to undo our karmic burdens. Mm, beautiful. And, and just for our Christian friends, there is... And I heard this a long time ago, there is evidence even in the Bible, the way it's been codified by the Council of Nicaea, um, when people came to Jesus and asked them who John the Baptist was, he said, truly, I say unto you, that is Elijah come back. And so that's an indication of reincarnation. He's basically saying John the Baptist is the reincarnation of Elijah. Um, so There's, there are several quotes like this. I have them in my video on reincarnation as well. Oh, do you? Quotes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's still, if somebody doesn't want to believe it, it doesn't help, right, <laughs> but it's right. up to them. It's, it's there if you want right. to believe it. Yes, you're absolutely right. right. It's quite clearly there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, it's all about uh, helping our understanding so that we can evolve personally, so that we can have a better life. Because as we work towards these things that are undoing our karma, that are teaching us to be more loving and more kind, we actually experience a better life for it, don't we? Yeah, we go on vibration, we get higher because all the, the thing which pulls us down, the negative vibration falls off and we are going higher, going home. Basically, it's yeah. all a big homecoming here we are yeah. going through. And that is, yeah, that's, that's why we, the shedding of, the, of all these soul burden is so, so very important. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, I can't believe it's already time for our last break of the show. When we come back, I want to ask you sort of two things. One, why you focus so much on educating children, because your books are all children's books, your videos are easy to understand for adults and for kids of all ages. And then I also want to ask you about what, given in today's world with the pandemic, with all the challenges we're facing, and future challenges to come, what you feel are, are like the 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 spiritual principles that can help us the most at this time that we can focus on okay perfect awesome and i do see patty saying on the facebook live i'm a pisces and as a first grader heard a voice tell me that i'm 
back to try and get my life right this time. It happened in a newly built Catholic church. I've never forgotten that day. Beautiful, Patty. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. All right. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook. And we will be right back with Hans Wilhelm after this. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So Hans, a lot of what you've done is to make sort of these spiritual ideas and spiritual principles very accessible uh, to children, to, to young people. Why is that? Well, uh, I would divide here because between my books and my videos. My books, I'm trying not to teach anything or put morals uh. in it. That I think a child senses that immediately doesn't want to be taught and doesn't be like, you do it in, in an entertaining way. Right. And the entertaining has to be for myself because I have to work for several months on one story to make it yeah. and to, to illustrate it. So it must be fun for me. And if mm-hmm. this fun and enjoyment transmits then also to the child and makes it a happier child or happier life, that's great. But I try not to put really morals into my books for the uh, most part. There are sometimes I have done that where, they, where these orders came from publishers when on a special, special topic, like I did mm-hmm. for, for instance, the book with Byron Katie. Um, but uh, for the most part, I just enjoy, make it out of joy, my own joy. And I think that kids pick it up the joy because kids don't like to be taught and they, they sense it very, very quickly. Yeah. Once it comes to my videos, it's a little bit different. They're not necessarily geared for six years old, as I said earlier, <laughs> from right. They're for, for adults, but the six year old is my measurement. But I know from the feedback I get, a lot of parents share these videos with their children. 
Mm. I just made a reasonable one, which is quite very interesting. It's on, on, on nature spirits like gnomes and fairies and elves mm. and so on. They are also spiritual beings and they are explaining why many kids have those imaginary friends and mm. uh, they can relate to it. So, yes, I do that as well. But I do not uh, try to preach to kids or teach to kids. I let that happen. I let the joy come through and the joy in the child will waken up whatever needs to be woken up in that child. And mm. I think that I have done many, many tests when people have got a certain moral and you ask the kids what to do, they're out of it, and the kids come up with something totally different because their mm. mind and their life is in a totally different spot. So yes. I don't put these things in. The story must be fascinating, captivating, funny if possible, and that's all which we need. Mm. You don't yeah. want to be moralized also. If you see a movie by Netflix yeah. and so on, which is done purposely to moralize, you say, yuck. you don't want it unless you'll see a documentary on a certain specific topic but then you already come prepared i want to be informed it's a totally different thing versus entertainment right right so why do you think your videos have become so popular on youtube i mean over 14 uh, million viewers that that's incredible well, I think when the uh, you know you know Bob Ross from television, you know he draws the painting, the the the, the oil painter there in the fifties. Oh, uh, yeah, right. uh, people like to see your hand moving and drawing things, I, and I do uh, that when I give uh, classes in school as well. Drawing fascinates you, mm-hmm. and I for the most part I draw my videos, and when you see me, mm-hmm. however, it slowly evolves step by step. It's very fascinating, very captivating. And of course, it's very clear to understand it. And I think the clarity, because God is ingenious simplicity. And when we understand that it it is our intellect which makes everything complicated, our religious teachings. (laughs) But God is implicit in in, in amazing simplicity. And when you see the implicitly, how everything fits together, it's just stunning. And something is, oh, my God, I should have known it all the way. Like you said earlier about reincarnation, when you suddenly thought about it, oh, my God, everything makes sense. And that, oh, my God, everything makes sense. You have in many other aspects when you uh, when one watches these spiritual laws and sees it. It makes total sense. Religions have complicated it yes. and have sort of uh, dominated it and made it intellectual. And you have to study mm-hmm. it for many years. You cannot study God. Right. God is within you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say that the, that the heart is very simple. It's the mind that complicates everything. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I, I'd like to keep things relevant to, to sort of today and the environment that we're living in today. And a lot of people have had a hard time over the last year and a half, almost two years now. And, and we still looks like we're going to be dealing with this pandemic for a bit longer. And, and it, people are so divided these days, whether they get vaccinated, not vaccinated, it's a conspiracy, it's not a conspiracy. I mean, it's just all this craziness that's coming up. What sort of spiritual laws or principles or practices do you think can help people the most today dealing with what we're dealing with right now well the first thought comes up really i i don't know i haven't read your book uh, in sam but i think yeah. uh, from the clarity and briefness of the chapters i think mm-hmm. that is that seems to be basically you probably say all the same thing which i have in my videos and probably. i think that is very clear to have it uh, have all these reminders. I need the reminders. Right. We all know the answers, but we need to be continuously be reminded of mm. these things. And that's why a book like yours, with this very brief description of the triggering law and things like this, can be very, very helpful. Right. That it's not the outside world which gives us pain, it's the inside pain. Mm. But there are a few things which I found very helpful. First of all, first of all, step number one to start to uh, 
find a way to create the divinity, not to create, but make a connection to the divinity within ourselves. Or if not within ourselves, for a belief, learn to understand that we are never alone, that there are guardian spirits around us. There's, we can guard, you can attract energy, whoever works, whatever works for you, but build on that. Because when it really gets very stormy outside, that's the only, only foundation we can, can rely on. So now is still a time to do that. And I think the part of the pandemic was that suddenly people got within for the first time from the hecticness of life. Suddenly people became to meditate and thought about their life. A lot of people, as you know, don't return anymore to their jobs because they really found that was probably not why they were here on earth. They had a menial job. And so there was a lot of realization. A lot of good things came from it. Right. And there will be more of this. So I think that's number one, to have a, to start to have a, a direct connection to divinity in whatever you, however you call it, whatever you may want to call it, mm-hmm. but understand that you are never, ever, ever, ever alone. And if you ask for help, mm-hmm. help is always given. The help may not mm-hmm. be exactly the way as you want it. Right. But it will be the right help what you want. Then I think whatever comes up first, I think the triggering law you mentioned earlier, the law of correspondence is very helpful, understand it's within ourselves, but then also number one, love it. Whatever comes up in you, love it, love it, uh, give it your love. I love the the focusing Mm -hmm. practice. I'm sure it must be covered in your book as well, where we really feel the emotion coming up in us and love it and understand it and where it is. Very powerful to do it and say yes. Whatever comes to us, say it as an opportunity for growth. Not just, I don't want to be faced with, I don't want this, I don't want this. Say yes, I have asked this to come into my life. It may Mm -hmm. be very painful, but if I I can only, by loving it first, I can do something about it. As long as I fight my cancer, I can't do anything, but by loving the cancer... And then making, being having the strength, the energy to do something about it, I can really heal it. Yeah, it's the idea of, of, of recognizing that we're a creator, that we create our life. We're not a victim of our life. Perfect. So if we yeah. create it, then we've created it for a reason. And it's about exploring what that reason is. Fair too. We are never, ever, ever victim. It's very difficult to, to, to grasp it. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, I think also the old line, this too shall pass. Whatever mm. we may find is is gone. It's, it will be passing. This is only te- everything is here temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also dealing with our fear. Fear is basically nothing else than our assumption that we know what is best for us, and that is a mistake. We do not mm. know what is best for us. Right. And uh, sort of being more open to whatever comes in this life, and right. t- see that whatever. In case it becomes more difficult the future life which i think it mm-hmm. probably will i mean more pandemic mm-hmm. or more earthquakes and so on but understand that this is our birth these are birth uh, pains birthing pains of a new planet of a new uh, world so mm-hmm. these are painful things like a mother giving birth um, it must be painful that's why we men can, could never handle it i think it must be all yeah. difficult but uh, it, it, after that the baby is born everybody is happy and all the birth pain right. is forgotten and we will go through this as well. This is a cleansing of our karma. We have come here for this very, very special moment. We are one of those very lucky ones who were able to incarnate. Remember, this is an opportunity to come to this planet. There are not right. enough physical bodies for soul to incarnate. Many yeah. more souls want to incarnate and they cannot because of abortion and, and, uh, and birth control. Uh, many souls are actually also accepting now bodies in the third world, which were vibrationally may not even be right, just to be here at this very specific uh, time when things become very tumultuous and very difficult at times. So we are... It, it, 
it, it's a, I just want to stop you for a second because it's a very important point that a lot of people who go into spiritual practice tend to do it because they want to escape this physical world. They want to get out of it. And it's something that I've heard before that there are all these spirits and they're trying to get into the physical world that actually it is, it is a, a, a privilege actually to be here in this physical world. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, I, I just want to make sure I give you a chance to let people know how they can find your videos. How can they learn more about yourself and, and, and the things you teach? So I want to give you a chance to say that before we have to end the show. Go on YouTube, punch in my name, Hans Wilhelm. The channel will come up or go to my website, lifeexplained.com and watch the video, The uh, Amazing Earth School. It's short and clear and explains everything. Wonderful. Sam, it was wonderful. Thank you so much for this exciting thing. Thank you so much, Hans. I really uh, appreciate you. Maybe we can work on a project together sometime in the future and create something uh, uh, to to help people, uh, support people in the process they're going through today. Yeah, would be great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank Thank you, you, my listeners, for joining us today. I I hope uh, you've got something out of today's uh, interview that that you you're learning something that you you feel uplifted in some way that you rem- have the, even just that little bit of reminder that you are a creator and that you have are here to learn to grow to be more in love to connect with spirit and that that no matter what challenges come your way no matter what you're having to deal with um, that you have what it takes to deal with it so thank you as always for tuning in if you missed any part of today's show please catch the recordings afterwards on either talkradio.nyc or your favorite podcasting application thank you all so much and we will talk to you next week run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
After innings, I discussed the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.